0: Adam Bulger reporting live from Tokyo. During the recording of this episode, mysterious Pacific Ocean radioactivity took down my broadcast signal. The Japanese defense forces are tight-lipped about the radiation. The rumors are flying. Whatever it was, it was powerful enough to shake my podcast to its foundations. In other news, in the coming weeks I'll be discussing the 1947 noir classic Out of the Past and three movies related to Daft Punk. Interstellar 5555, Electroma, and Tron Legacy. Fingers crossed I should also be recording episodes on Beverly Hills Cop and Brain Candy. And with no further ado, here are Jim and Adam on King Kong vs. Godzilla. Good evening, and welcome to Cineo Death Note, a eulogy for the death of motion pictures podcast form. I'm your host, Adam Bolger, and tonight, I'm talking about big monsters. The new movie, King Kong vs. Godzilla, will be released to streaming service in theaters. It's a remake of a 1962 film, also called King Kong vs. Godzilla. To explore the 60-year-old giant monster battle movie, I'm joined by my third-time guest, Jim Kneffel.
1: Adam, you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> but... But thank you. It's a pleasure to be here again.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad to have you. And so, it, in addition to writing novels, memoirs, and weekly columns, Jim's an expert in Godzilla. Is that
1: fair to I, say? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not. A, I know experts. Right. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm merely. I'm merely an obsessive geek. Okay. Uh, and there's a difference. So. <laughs> well,
0: in any event, you wrote a. 2013 lithograph called a Purposeful Grimace: a Defense of Godzilla
1: I that I did. yeah a long backstory to that one that I won't bore you with, but <laughs> uh, that uh, that did eventually come out after uh, after I think I wrote that in 2003,
0: 2004. Oh wow, It was hanging around that long.
1: Yeah, oh okay. yeah. Um, because well my my first novel was about a guy. Of uh, 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 a drunken, aging reporter who uh, was obsessed with Godzilla. Um, was that and the, when th- the buzzing? That was the buzzing. Yeah, and then uh, and then when that came out, my uh, my editor at the time, yeah, said, I mean, "Well, well, what you should do is write this book <laughs> about your per- you know personal you know, relationship with the Godzilla films." Yeah, and I said, "Great." So I took a few months off and yeah. and did a mountain of research, wrote the book. And uh, turned it into him, and he had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what the, what the hell is this? That's, that's happened to me so many times. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so finally, finally, though, it did come out um, a decade later.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it was, um, I loved it. I mean, I've, I've, oh, thank you. Yeah, I've read it twice now. And I, and I thought of you after I saw the trailer for the new um, King Kong vs. Uh, Godzilla movie. Uh-huh. But so the your your book is called A Purposeful Grimace: A Defense of Godzilla. And my first right. question was going to be You're recording right now. I am recording. Yeah, it's you're ready. you're I can yeah, we're recording your voice. It's all Okay. Let's go now. Okay. There. We... <laughs> All right, Jim, once again, welcome to the show. Uh, oh, real happy to be here. <laughs> oh, God, Jim. This is the most cursed fucking episode. I'm so sorry. You have to be part of this. All right. So so your book was called A Purposeful Grimace, A Defense of Godzilla. Right. Why, why does Godzilla need a defense? <laughs> I know. Do we have to do this again? I
1: know. Well, um, because uh, in... America. Yeah. Uh, if uh, if you are, uh, say, if, if you're obsessive about Godzilla films, yeah, um, you you might as well, you know, you might as well have syphilis, uh, because <laughs> uh, uh, if if you were to, um, if you you know if you're an adult and you yeah. go to a bar, and and you're talking with someone there, and they uh, mention that they you know, are, uh, say, a Yankees or a Mets fan, yeah. you, you know, snort derisively and say, what, what are you, kind of some retarded eight-year-old, <laughs> yeah. you know, obsessed about this stupid game? Yeah. Um. And then, you know, I would be beaten to death. <laughs> um, but if I, in the same bar, talking to somebody, if I were to say um, that I'm obsessive about godzilla movies yeah. um i again i would they would snort derisively at me and mm-hmm. <laughs> say that i was the retarded one and then yeah. beat me half to death yeah. so um and, and this is because um american audiences uh know godzilla films uh through uh mostly through um you know saturday matinee screenings you yeah. know on, on tv uh and the ones that are generally shown on those uh uh you know those matinees are the worst of the lot i mean it's a yeah. it's a series that's been around for 60 years and uh uh and but there was a very bad stretch uh in the late 60s through the mid 70s um when the studio was uh, when the budgets for these films were getting smaller they didn't make a lot of money and yeah. so the budgets were getting smaller and the special effects budgets were vanishing yeah the, uh, the, the 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 you know the primary figures behind um the original series of of films had had um had all vanished they'd uh, you know they'd yeah. gone away um and uh, a lot of the films can be uh pretty miserable and this is what people are basing their opinions about the entire series on uh, about the you know the worst films of the lot i'm trying to think of a a, godzilla
0: versus megalon had kind of a high profile (laughs) mocking right right?
1: that was uh uh uh, that i mean that was a few years after it came out i think that was 77 It, it had a prime time screening on I think it was NBC yeah. with uh, hosted by John Belushi who was mm-hmm. doing the, uh doing the whole uh mystery science theater you know providing this 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 running uh mocking commentary throughout yeah so um and that's you know again more people saw that one than any other than any of the other you know 27 28 third mm-hmm. you know Godzilla films that were made right and so they take that uh example and uh, just extrapolate it to you know what all you know you come to believe that the rest of the films are just these you know silly kitty fare about right. two guys in you know raggedy rubber suits wrestling yeah you know
0: yeah, i think that the rubber suits part the the guys in suits part i think that's I think that's kind of the thing that people think of the most. Right. Films. And I think they think it's inherently silly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, I, am uh, uh, you give me, say st- stop motion animation, you yeah. know, Ray Harryhausen or Willis O'Brien, whom I'm sure we'll be talking about Yes, or, uh, or, uh, or somebody in a, you know, big rubber suit. Yeah. Uh, I will happily and willingly uh, suspend disbelief in a second. Right. You know, up on, up on the screen, you know, I, yes, um, you know, it's like, okay, yes, there's a 250 foot tall radioactive bipedal lizard <laughs> yeah. uh, stomping through Osaka again. Yeah. And I was like, he's, he's, it's a living, breathing character to me. Yeah. Uh, just like Kong you know King Kong is or one of Ray Harryhausen's Ray Harryhausen Cyclops say yeah. these are these are real creatures yeah. um, and and oftentimes I mean they have personalities and they uh, they are You know, in a way, oftentimes more human than than the human actors around them. Yeah. Um, You give me some CGI thing these days, you know, some hyper-realistic thing created out of zeros and ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it's like like watching water. Yeah. It's just, just, because, you know, it uh, uh, it was Harryhausen, Ray Harryhausen himself said that, you know, fantasy is not supposed to be that real. You know, you need a little, you need that little distance to, uh, you know, for, for, for interpretation. Um, And uh, so that's why I've never had problems. I've never had problems with the, with the people in the rubber suits.
0: Right. Right. And you, uh, well, one thing that you mentioned that uh, I thought throughout uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, one thing you mentioned in your book is the surreality of the imagery here. And, and that. So the surreality of the the imagery in play in Godzilla movies, and
1: absolutely, I mean, it's uh, because in uh, um, you know in King Kong versus Godzilla, we have we get this we get this shot of of an unconscious Kong being flown to the top of Mount Fuji with (laughs) (laughs) via a cluster of intensely bright red balloons. Yes, and and, you know, and then it's marvelous. Yeah, it's fantastic. And yeah. uh, the you know the the a recurring image throughout uh, the the next one Godzilla versus Mothra is a giant egg. It, it's uh, it's all these it's like Dolly stuff. I mean, yeah. And, and if you were to take some of these images and, and take them out of context, and if you were to put them in, say, a Buñuel film, or or a David Lynch film. They would, you know, they critics would, would, would hail these people, would hail their imagination, their wild, wild imagination. <laughs> you know, it's a brilliant exercises in surreality. Yeah, um, you put it in a Godzilla film, then people say, "Well, it's just stupid." Right,
0: and that that was something that, as yeah. I watched King Kong versus Godzilla shortly after rereading your book, mm-hmm. and that was something that really clicked with me and seemed really important was the the surreality of of all the stuff going on in King Kong versus Godzilla. And what, cause it's, I, I think that we've kind of been conditioned to mock it. Right. And, and there is sort of this temptation to mock it and feel like you're smarter than the movie. But if you, if you kind of accept it and celebrate it, it becomes this whole different.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's theory. a, it's, it's a universe unto itself. I mean, there is yeah. a Toho universe. Um, uh, where all of these, you know, where where giant monsters are a regular uh, thing, as are, you know, tiny, tiny Malaysian women who speak at the same time, um, and yeah. all these—it's like it's the universe I always wanted to live in. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, giant monster can stomp through, you know, Hokkaido, uh, yeah. and then a week later, it's, the city's rebuilt. Insurance <laughs> rates have not gone up.
0: Um right. <laughs> and but everyone and everybody's forgotten about Godzilla. Yeah, exactly. This has <laughs> never happened before. <laughs> and that's kind of what your what your novel The Buzzing is about, is sort of like the Godzilla universe bleeding into our universe. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh just the um because it's a much more interesting universe than this kind of shabby universe we've been stuck mm-hmm. with. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we have we have uh, pandemics and it's boring. It's like horrible and we're and but it's boring. Right. And um, there's no giant lizards stomping on buildings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. With with radioactive breath. Like um, we have the same level of horror, but it's like it lacks the ornamentation. Right.
1: Exactly. I I remember uh, I remember uh, somebody saying you know shortly after, shortly after the Twin Towers came down. Yeah. Somebody said if that had been the work of a giant monster, this would be a completely different story. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still convinced. I'm still convinced <laughs> that that, uh, that it was that Godzilla nice. was involved with the whole Fukushima uh, <laughs> business in uh, in northern Japan. You know, right. it had all the hallmarks. Yeah. All the hallmarks of a of the Godzilla attack.
0: All right. uh, I was so not not to believe it but what are the hallmarks of a godzilla attack well
1: um you know it began with a, it began with a with a big earthquake earthquakes yeah. are always associated with godzilla with yeah. uh, with uh you know some some kind of cataclysmic um you know uh, uh oceanic activity you know you had a big you had a big tsunami and yeah. then and then you know suddenly you know we're on the verge of a nuclear meltdown right um and uh, it's like well you know you just go back and you, you you watch the movies you go through the evidence i was like yeah this was godzilla they just <laughs> uh, you know they just used they just you know, digitally erased him from all the, <laughs> from all the images that they showed on the television
0: yeah. I remember when I interviewed you at that bookstore in Brooklyn. Oh god, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember I I I cuz I think you and I had exchanged had a conversation about this and I thought this was so funny and interesting. And and then we did this in front of a crowd and like people just were not into this idea at all. <laughs> like everything else people were kind of like it like enjoying and then we did this and like people were like Silence. dead silence.
1: oh i'm i'm used to that at all my readings
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all my all my public appearances like why is nobody laughing i'm doing a great job
0: and so you you called um i like what how you you described godzilla as a psychologically complex character who contains both damnation and salvation so what 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 do you mean by that
1: well i mean uh as a character, Godzilla has evolved, uh, a great deal over, over the years. I mean, throughout the, throughout, throughout the whole series. And I mean, uh, early on, um, he was something to be terrified of, you know, he was this, he was this force of nature. Um, he was very malevolent. Uh, but later, uh, uh, as you get as you get deeper into the series, and as the I guess as the audiences for the for the films uh, in Japan grew younger, um, suddenly, because everybody loved Godzilla anyway, but suddenly yeah. he became this benevolent character. He right. became the good guy in these yeah. films, uh, and his job was to protect Japan. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's he's still has this connection with uh you know with with nuclear war um uh you know as a as a symbol of what happened to japan but yeah. now he's the, now he's the defender against these other worse monsters um yeah. But, but the thing is, even as he's trying to, even as he's trying to protect Japan, he ends up crushing half of, you know, Osaka. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, you know, he tried, he was doing a good thing. You know, we, we, we understand. Yeah. Um
0: but isn't that you said in the book? Like, why does he keep protecting us? Like something.
1: Like, like, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, that yeah. It's a it's a question that arose uh, at the end of uh, Godzilla two thousand. Okay. And uh, uh, a little girl, a little girl, asked her father, "Why does Godzilla keep you know keep protecting us?" <laughs> and his answer was, "Well, there's a little Godzilla in all of us." Oh. Um, oh. oh. So, <gasps> That's horrible, though. It really does. <laughs> um, you're
0: so you're so but, you get to be Godzilla, but you know you're you have all the the rage and destructive force, but you don't have the breath or right
1: size. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The yeah. but, uh, you know, but 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 even trying to trying to wrap your head around what he represents mm. um, is. Uh, is a tricky thing, given given that he does keep continue to evolve,
0: right? Uh, because in the first movie, he's he's alone; he's the yeah. only monster, and he the original Gojira. He's a he's a powerful metaphor,
1: right? Right, and then uh, uh, you know, and still, he's uh, you know, in the uh, second sequel, King Kong versus Godzilla, he's still you know, he's still a threat. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and he, it's really until, not until the late sixties, um, where suddenly, uh, you know, I mean, he physically, the, the, the design begins to change. Hmm. Um, you know, his eyes get bigger, his, his snout gets stubbier. Yeah. Um, uh, his arms get longer, you know, he becomes, he becomes much more human.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then yeah, it reverts back uh back in the eighties and nineties. Um but uh it's uh, uh I mean just the just the idea of uh you know this this you know walking nuclear bomb uh, yes. as being being such a central, you know, uh, iconic figure in Japan, or let alone being one who's who's has taken it upon himself to depend to defend uh japan
0: yeah because the first film it's a it's a metaphor about uh it's about the atomic bomb being right yeah you know, hiroshima and Nagasaki. right
1: yeah and there are uh i mean as all of the films have some kind of um social commentary going on and that uh, that too evolves over time um, you know, as the nuclear threat becomes less, you know, a, yeah, a yeah. daily uh, a concern, um, the films uh, oftentimes dealt with uh, environmental issues. Um, yeah. uh, the you know, uh, but also things like marketing, um, yeah. genetic engineering, uh, militarism. Uh, it's. Uh, 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 I mean, there are there are a lot of things. There are a lot of things at play. In right these, in these in these pictures.
0: Right. And I was telling you before uh oh, yeah, there's an I'm echoing again by the way.
1: Okay. Let me How's how's that?
0: Uh yeah, it's better. Okay. Yeah, I was telling you before in the part that didn't get recorded that I watched gojira uh the, the for the first time the original what? and I was surprised at um well, it was moving it was a moving movie
1: it's a it's a it's a deeply tragic film when i mean there's yeah. a there's a scene in there when when we have this children's chorus
0: yeah
1: um uh you know singing this dirge yeah <laughs> while we get while we get these shots of all these bodies in the street you know yeah. it's, it's uh uh it's a uh, it's a deeply tragic film that uh, you know as we as we mentioned earlier you know ends with a sacrificial suicide yeah um, you know,
0: and, and uh, bit, crack wise yeah.
1: about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's very. Yeah, there's this sadness to it, and there's a, like there's that great scene where the woman, um, she's with the the scientist, who I guess was her fiance. Right. And he d- demonstrates
1: the, his, the oxygen destroyer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he puts it into a fish tank, and you don't see what happens to the
1: fish. No, she, you just you just see her, you know, throw her hands to her face. Right. Uh, yeah. It's uh, you know, so you. I mean, you. Yeah, they just let you use your imagination as to what kind of horrible things are happening to these fish.
0: Right, uh, and and you know they're Japanese, like they're Japanese people invented sushi, like they're used to doing bad stuff. Like this. <laughs> they're not shy about it, so you can just right. like uh, kind of imagine like what. This must be like you know.
1: <laughs> what could be worse? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well Well, but it shows like it it takes itself seriously. Yeah, it's, it takes the the horror of it seriously.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and it's really interesting in that way. I, I mean, it's, and it's you you described it to me as you said it was like the one of the greatest Japanese films ever made, or the greatest.
1: Well, well I would say one of okay um, and i mean it and, and it certainly considered that over uh, you know in japan i, yeah. mean, I mean you have uh, uh of course kurosawa you have you have uh, Ozu. you have you know uh, brilliant amazing directors who created some absolutely phenomenal films uh, yeah. you know pretty much everything kurosawa did and tokyo story yep. but uh, but this is this is right this is right up there this was i mean this was the first um, uh, well, the, the director, um, Shiro Honda, um, you know, he used to—he was um, uh, Kurosawa's assistant for many years, oh. and they were in Toho. I mean, today we think of Toho as, uh, you know, as just home to these giant monster movies, science fiction yeah. films. But you know, that's where Kurosawa was working. I mean, they were—they were the biggest, most prestigious studio in Japan uh, yeah. at the time. And you know, gojiro was the uh, their first effort at making uh, a giant monster picture, yeah. um, and I mean, it was a kind of a last minute decision, uh, but heavily inspired. I mean, the the, the film borrows heavily from uh, both the original King Kong and uh, yeah. a Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. Um, Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms came out in nineteen fifty three and uh, coincidentally King Kong had been re-released to theaters in 1953 so um so the,
0: the first f- uh, movie to be re-released
1: right exactly yeah. um and uh and the uh the uh producer at Toho Tomyuki Tanaka was deeply inspired by these actually he was i think he was deeply inspired by how much money they made <laughs> and uh, decided he wanted to do something similar for Japan but he wanted it to be you know, uh, a Japanese specific uh, yeah. uh, kind of creature. And uh, so they came so, up, they came up with Godzilla. And how
0: is Godzilla Japanese specific?
1: Well, well I, I think just uh, certainly the whole, the whole uh, nuclear war connection, you know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, as, as what he, what he represents is certainly Japanese specific, even if, even there, if there are a lot of scenes that, uh, that you recognize from, you know earlier american films right uh, right and uh, i mean it can be argued that um you know he's uh, that godzilla like the nuclear like like atomic bombs was a product yeah. of america Ooh. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> let me sit on that idea yeah i, I like just it. i just i just made that up off the top of my head. i should have put that in <laughs> <laughs> but
0: but you also t- talked about uh you 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 kind of danced around this idea it seemed like you didn't really commit to it too much but like the idea that maybe like dragons and stuff
1: sure i mean yeah if you want to if you want to go back to where um uh, um uh, Godzilla came from, or, yeah. or even, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla, where that came from. I mean, you can trace things back to the 10th century um, <laughs> or you can trace it back to the middle of the uh, middle of the 19th century when paleontology was uh, first, uh, you know, uh, recognized as a legitimate science Yeah. Um, or, or, you know the 1913. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting the name right. When uh, when Windsor McKay made the first animated film, which was Gertie the Dinosaur. Yes. Yeah. Um. And uh, everything everything kind of flows from flows from there.
0: Right. You describe uh, the evolution of Godzilla as a Möbius strip. And, yeah. Yeah. And so Gertie the dinosaur is sort of that's. That's definitely like a part of that strip, right?
1: Right. That's because uh, because uh, um, uh, he was Windsor McKay was a was a uh, 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 newspaper cartoonist who did yes. Little Nemo, and uh, and he kind of had this idea. That it was the story goes that it was you know he was with some friends. Uh, they were in New York. Car broke down in front of the Museum of Natural History. They went inside to look around and he bet a friend as they were looking at a brontosaurus skeleton. Yeah. He, he bet a friend that he could bring that dinosaur to life.
0: <laughs>
1: and so, you know, he, uh, he had been experimenting already with, uh, short animated films, yeah. you know, kind of, he had this idea that if you photograph slightly different, you know, pictures and run them all together, uh, you know, cause cinema itself was, was very new at the time you know, it was full of experimentation. Um, and, but then he had this idea to, to create Gertie, yeah. um, which, you know, it's just a few minutes long, not much happens, but it's this very cute, very friendly Brontosaurus who, uh, became part of his, uh, traveling vaudeville act, uh, where he'd screen the film and interact. He actually interacted with the dinosaur. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, but it was, uh, uh, but there are a lot of other things in other films that uh, that McKay made that yeah. you can see uh, had uh, influence later on when people started making giant monster pictures. Right. Um, um, like there's there's one where a dog uh, eats some you know toxic waste. Uh, in one of his in one of his short films, and, and becomes a giant, and then yeah. just kind of tromps around town, knocking things over, right? Um, uh, you know, uh, chasing a trolley and being pursued by zeppelins. Right. Um,
0: Did but, he have a connection to Willis O'Brien?
1: Well, I, although it's not a direct connection, okay. Um, okay. The thing is, O'Brien was uh, himself a newspaper cartoonist okay um who on uh, you know without question saw what McKay was doing but okay. then had the idea of, of you know you could do it on paper just take photographs of, of these uh, you know pieces of paper well if you can do that you know um, frame by frame why can't you you know make 3d models of mm. things and move them yeah. a little bit for each frame and yeah. so that's what he started doing um And so he started uh, uh, very early on. I mean, again, in the uh, 19-teens, began making little dinosaur short films, you know, with animated animated dinosaurs. Um, And then in 1925, he was hired to animate the dinosaurs for uh, uh, The Lost World the silent picture that yeah, nobody, yeah. nobody much remembers save for the dinosaur sequences. <laughs> uh, Is
0: Jules Verne.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, and uh, then while well, he was working, he was making his own epic dinosaur film that never, it was never quite finished when right. he was hired by Marion C. Cooper and Ernest Schodzak to uh, bring King Kong to life. In right. 1933, and uh, so they used a bunch of his earlier dinosaur footage. Right. Um, but uh, and he, uh, but then the the tragic thing, you know, Well, if we're here ostensibly talking about King Kong versus Godzilla, right? It's right, like. Right. It's like <laughs> There's a tragic story behind it, mm. which is what you don't want to hear. You know, you're <laughs> listening to a podcast about, about this silly cartoon monster movie. It's like, yes, there's a tragic backstory. Um, oh Everybody's like, terrific. Yeah. Because after he made King Kong and then uh, Son of Kong, you know, the same, yeah. that same year, um, Willis could not find work. Nobody would hide right. him. Out um uh i mean he did a little bit of something in 1935 uh for uh, last days of pompeii um but for 16 years uh he couldn't he couldn't get work yeah
0: um but it, but wasn't his but his protege is uh,
1: is uh was uh, was ray Harryhausen. Right. Oh, and yeah. right the thing is that uh with with o'brien o'brien i mean his he was uh his work was brilliant but it took a very long time right, uh he right, was right. very meticulous and it was also very expensive. Uh, so and there were much cheaper ways to put big monsters up on the screen although yeah. that didn't really become much of an issue until the 50s but uh, then in 49 um you know marion cooper and chudzak brought him in again to mm. animate another gorilla for uh, <laughs> for mighty joe young um, yeah. that was 1949 and he brought he brought ray harryhausen along with him yeah um and harryhausen later you know claimed that he was the one who did all the work you know he was the one who had who brought the who brought the the gorilla to life yeah um and then it was after that that harryhausen's career took off yeah, um, yeah. you know and that, he, that's
0: start- when he made the film that you mentioned earlier the beast Be- from Twenty Thousand fathoms
1: right right so that was just a couple of years later and but uh then after after uh Willis O'Brien worked on worked on Mighty Joe Young. That it would be like another seven eight years uh, before he got any other substantial work. He did well. Um, he did sell a story okay. to uh, uh uh for a movie that ended up. I think this was nineteen fifty six. Ended up uh, uh, being made. It was called um, uh, the Beast of Hollow Mountain. Okay. And it was the first uh, cowboy versus uh, dinosaur <laughs> picture. Not the last, <laughs> but the first of the f- uh, cowboy versus dinosaur pictures. Um, yeah. And uh, that same year, he and Harryhausen collaborated on a 20-minute uh, dinosaur uh, bit that was dropped into an otherwise just god-awful nature film mm-hmm. uh, called uh, The Animal World. Um, okay. But then... Uh, then you know, he he did two other films after that one was called the black scorpion and the other one was called the giant behemoth and i have yeah. to believe and again i have no evidence for this um but i have to believe that those were kind of pity jobs that yeah. uh, that harry Hausen kind of told you know the directors like you know give give you know give o'brien some work right um, right right but uh, which, which is
0: weird because he, yeah like king kong you know that's the one of the most famous movies of all time, right. and especially for special effects. And you'd think that the guy who was behind it; he would, you know, yeah, he'd be like, he'd be like George Lucas or something, you know, right. like his, or I don't know what, the, or, or James Cameron or somebody like
1: that. Uh-huh. Yeah, but uh, no, no, no <laughs> cost. Uh, you know, no matter how much uh, you know money Kong brought in, you yeah, know, Is it just people, people working on. Uh, you know, Monster Pictures generally didn't have that kind of budget. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, you know, it took uh, took too long, uh, took too long a time. Right. And,
0: but then he, he had a great idea, which was to set King Kong into in a fight against Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> well, right.
1: Well, l- l- let me tell you this story. <laughs> <laughs> so he's yeah Willis uh, uh, O'Brien started. He figured that his his uh, uh, his last best bet was he started you know he'd sold out one uh, uh, you know story treatment to the movies, so he started writing right. others. He started writing King Kong sequels. Um, most of them went nowhere. Yeah, until he wrote something called King Kong versus Frankenstein. And, yeah. and when you first when you hear the title, it sounds like Bambi versus Godzilla, right? It would last <laughs> yeah. about as last about as long, <laughs> right?
0: It, right, it, right? It could
1: be a double bill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's this, this five minute double bill, right? Uh, right? Right? But the story, uh, the story uh, actually goes uh, um, something like this. Uh, I mean, it's a direct sequel to the original King Kong, where King Kong actually survives the fall off the Empire State Building. Um, Carl Denham uh, returns him to Skull Island um, and then uh, uh, makes a side trip to Africa. And in Hmm. Africa, he runs into uh, uh, the original Dr. Frankenstein's (laughs) grandson Okay. Who there in the middle of the uh, of the jungle is has created, has sewn together pieces of other big animals, elephants yeah. and what have you, and brought it to life. <laughs> and so Denim is obviously impressed by this, and he suggests yeah. that the two of them, uh, uh put on a show together so they so they grab frankenstein's new monster and they they grab kong and they go back to san francisco right and uh and have have a big have a big opening at which point of course the the frankenstein's uh monster escapes uh kills frankenstein and then they release kong to stop him yeah um and the two of them uh, you know, do battle across San Francisco be- before rolling off the Golden Gate Bridge and presumably mm-hmm. dying. Um, so he uh, was actually able to sell that to a guy at uh, RKO, a producer at RKO. Yeah, uh, th- that producer got a uh, uh, wrangled a screenwriter to turn it into a full script, uh, which he then, which was then called um, um, King Kong versus Prometheus. Uh, right. Uh, Prometheus coming from the original title of uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but the producer couldn't sell it anywhere in the States. So he brought it to Toho.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, gave it to uh, Tomyuki Tanaka, the producer. And he bought it because he essentially, he just wanted to get his hands on the, Kong and the character of Kong, right? Um, just because he had they they'd been wanting to make their own King Kong for a long time,
0: hmm.
1: so um, so he uh, you know just quick flick of the pen, uh, yeah. King Kong versus you know uh, Frankenstein <laughs> or Prometheus becomes King Kong versus Godzilla, yeah, um, and and that was that. Now nobody told Willis O'Brien that any of this was happening. Okay. You know, I guess he got a flat fee yeah. for his uh, for his treatment. Yeah. Um, and he didn't... Uh, meanwhile, the American producer, you know, he held on to American distribution rights mm-hmm. um, and European distribution rights. And uh, 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 so he was in to make a mint. Um, yeah. And so... Uh, Willis O'Brien only found out that his treatment had been turned into a film uh, when it was released in Japan in August of 1962. Um, And he wanted uh, desperately, he wanted to sue this producer, this American producer, but he didn't have the money to retain a lawyer. Um, He was pretty destitute at the time. And then in uh, November, uh, you know, the film came out in August. In November, uh, he died of a massive heart attack. Oh. And his wife uh, blamed the the whole King Kong uh, versus Godzilla debacle. Jesus. On his death. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: wow, what a lighthearted tale behind this movie. <laughs> but oh, uh, but it was good news it was good news for uh, uh for toho because you know they'd been wanting to get their hands on that character for a long time and the uh, and the special effects um, uh wizard at toho um uh uh subaraya I G yeah. he uh, uh i mean he had been inspired to become a special effects artist uh, directly uh, because of king, the original king kong yeah so he'd always wanted to make a uh make a, a big gorilla picture right. too. and if you look at the early if you look at the early uh sketches of uh of what godzilla was supposed to be he looks much more like an ape than he does a lizard that's uh, interesting yeah the, but he that quickly evolved so
0: <laughs> yeah because it's it's a guys in suits movie right yeah, but there's a little bit of uh, stop-motion animation here and there.
1: Yeah, um, I mean there's the there's the uh, um, uh, there's the octopus, the, yes. the giant the giant octopus, which is also something else that Ch- uh, Subaraya had always wanted to do. Yeah, uh, he wanted to make a giant octopus movie again. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to wonder what Ray Harryhausen is thinking of all this because they just keep plundering his films.
0: Right, because Beeson <laughs> um, is Beast from a Thousand Families? Uh, uh, Twenty thousand.
1: Beast from Twenty thousand. Yeah. yeah. Like so. that's essentially like an octopus movie, right? Um, or I'm sorry, no, that's a that's a that's a oh. di- that's a dinosaur picture. But his oh, next, right, his right. next one, his next okay, one, okay, it okay. came from beneath the sea. Okay, um, which also takes place in San Francisco and uh, the Golden Gate Bridge and what have you, but that was his that was his giant octopus movie. Um, but mm. uh, so now, but uh, Tsuburai was able to 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 you know get not only giant octopus and enter uh, giant ape but get them in the same scene together <laughs> uh, which was and it looks great it, well it looks a hell of a lot better than that than the snake creature that attacks uh, the, the, the Kong in the 1976 version of uh, of King Kong over here I,
0: oh yeah I have to yeah. go back to that oh
1: yeah. Oof. yeah looks like Kukla Fran or Ollie whichever was the snake anyway but uh, <laughs> um, but yeah great scene
0: yeah, yeah, that's it's and, and I think it's a real octopus, right? Uh-huh. I and I'm sorry, I'm echoing again. Would you mind moving? I'm sorry, oh, okay. Yeah. How's that? Uh, that's perfect, okay. Wonderful, okay, perfect. Yeah, um, yeah, because I think it like a red was like a real octopus, so they're like uh, shooting air at to get it to move or something. Ah,
1: okay, that that I did not know, but it, I, but I it makes sense, so. yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because sure. yeah, because uh, yeah, it because uh, um, uh, I, I remember every time I see it, thinking, you know, it looks really good. Looks yeah. Good. <laughs> the, the so uh,
0: I think I've seen about two Godzilla movies all the way through, maybe three. Uh huh. Um, you obviously have seen exponentially more. Uh-huh. Uh So King Kong versus Godzilla, it's the third Godzilla movie. Right. Right. Exactly. And, so what is it does it have like a, a place in the godzilla movies like is it special oh, in terms of the oh in in in
1: in a, several different ways actually okay yeah. um because i mean uh okay gojira came out in 1954 the next year they they whipped out another quickie one a quickie godzilla film which right which was complicated because Godzilla had been so, you know, decidedly uh, uh, obliterated uh, at the end of the first one. But, uh, But, but then, um, uh, but then, after the second Godzilla one, which was uh, you know, Godzilla raids again, sometimes or in the States, was known as Gigantis the Fire Monster. Yeah. Um, uh, then they started making, uh, you know, kind of expanding their menagerie, Toho's menagerie of, uh, uh-huh. of monsters. So they, you know, so you see, you got uh, you know, Mothra and Rodan and the Mysterians and Gorath and so it was five years between the second and the third sequel and when they yeah. made when they made uh king kong versus godzilla it was the first um godzilla film in color and uh, yeah. and what color yeah it, just these it mean, uh just these intense uh uh cartoonish uh, you know reds and greens and blues you know all these primary colors it's uh i mean it's and that kind of set this you know the, the at least the the color template yeah. uh, for uh, the films that would come.
0: Yeah. Uh, it feels almost like, like, uh, like pop art, you know, like, like right. Roy Lichtenstein, like Andy Warhol or something.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. That's, that's a good point. Um, and, and also, you know, you, you, you take this, uh, uh, you take what was this essentially a kind of a classical modern fable that was King Kong and, yeah. and this and this uh, uh, dark allegory that was Gojira, and you you, know, you put them together, mm-hmm. and what do you get? <laughs> but a live action cartoon,
0: right? <laughs> just, yeah.
1: um, but uh, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't. But as far as uh, apart from the color, yeah. um, it's not exactly the first uh, giant monster smackdown. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there was uh, there was kind of a brief pathetic one in uh, the second Godzilla film, uh, right? Where he beats up uh, Angurus, ankylo giant Angliosaurus um, yeah. Who is just uh, the Rodney Dangerfield of giant monsters? He's, <laughs> in he, what respects? Yeah, yeah, he just. No, he, I
0: mean, oh, I. In what way?
1: <laughs> oh, he's just he and Barry. There are a couple monsters in the whole in the whole uh, menagerie that yeah. are in a bunch of movies and just get the shit kicked out of them every yeah. time they've, they, they, they've never won a single fight. Like, right, right, like right, Baragon, right. uh, Baragon's one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> it was just, he's hapless. <laughs> um, you know, as we, <laughs> he's like
0: jobbers in professional wrestling. Yeah, you know that exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's even in, uh, and Frankenstein conquers the world, which can also be tied into the, the whole Willis O'Brien yeah. story, the ongoing Willis O'Brien story. No I again. saw
0: the trailer for that. Cause I, I was so intrigued by the idea of like a, a, a an 80 foot tall Boris Karloff fighting uh, King Kong.
1: <laughs> Actually what it is, uh, it's, it's, it's worse. It's, like a, it's, it's an 80, it's an 80 foot tall retarded kid. Um, <laughs> And I'm serious about that. Yeah, he gets, it, he gets in a fight it has a with, Big
0: forehead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a caveman. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, but that uh, after after they made uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, Toho went on a couple of years later to make yeah. uh, Frankenstein Con- Conquers the World, where they lifted some of the unused elements from that from that Willis O'Brien script. Yeah. Um. And uh. And plug those into uh, uh. King Kong conquers the world. Um. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. Frankenstein conquers the world. Um, uh, uh. Uh. But uh. And then later that led to the kind of quasi sequel, uh, War of the Gargantuas. which is a wonderful film, fantastic film. All
0: right. Let's 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 get back to King Kong yeah. versus Godzilla. Okay. All I'm right. sorry.
1: The other are- no. It's cool. I like it the, the SmackDown, uh, yes. Um, but it, it really did kind of more so than the, 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 than the last film. it really kind of established the, the, the big wrestling match, um, right. uh, as the, uh, as the central, you know, draw of the film. Yeah. Um, and I uh, thought, and
0: I, I really liked the fight. Oh God. Insane.
1: Well, the, <laughs> and I even, even talked about what, uh, what, Tahoe did to Kong after that. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Uh, he,
0: he looks yeah. Well, let's talk
1: about yeah.
0: What, what do? You, what should we do first? The appearance <laughs> of Kong or the fight?
1: But, the, both... but the fight. The, the fight actually. And there were two fights. One on one on Fuji, and then uh, one down in I, I, I think there are no saga. Uh, okay. One in the city. The city fight is amazing. Yeah. Um. I loved. Uh, there's a there's a sequence where they're standing on. Either side of a pagoda, trying to get at each other, and they just mm. smack. Well, you know, one one floor after another off the off the pagoda until they can reach each other.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's it. It's interesting because the 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 first half of the movie. I thought I like I was watching the first I was watching this movie and I watched in two sections. I watched uh-huh. like the first half. And the first half, I was just not into. I was like, this is too uh-huh. goofy, whatever, sort of not in the mood. But then I got to the second half later, and I'm like, oh, I'm in. Uh-huh. I'm into this movie. <laughs> Cause it seemed like there was, all, like, in the first half, there's a little bit of Godzilla stuff, and there's a little bit of King Kong stuff. Right. But um, but the effects don't seem as good right. as they do in the second half. Right. And I was wondering, like, is this deliberate? Like, I was, because I, I thought that maybe they didn't have things like rear projection, or they didn't have, they didn't have, like, the, the certain kinds of special effects you know that they, they might have only had models and guys and suits right. but then it all they use all this stuff in the second half comes out and it 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 came out of nowhere for me i'm like oh wow yeah. this is great
1: this uh-huh. is- i you know what i gotta say i've never noticed that for all the times i've seen it i've never noticed a a, a distinction um hmm. but uh um
0: Maybe it's just in my head, <laughs> <laughs>
1: or maybe if I were to watch it in two parts, I'd be you know I'm usually right. <laughs> curled up inside my sofa fort um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, because
0: uh, the fight the fight is great, and this and like we talked a little bit about this before, but the way it's shot and the imagery in it it's it's pretty extraordinary, like, yeah, you have like uh, King Kong on balloons, right. Which is beautiful, Uh and then immediately after that, you have his point of view shot, which is like this floating aerial shot of Godzilla on a mountain. Uh huh.
1: Down on. Uh huh.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you're absolutely right about the surreality of it, because it's like, I I mean, I was watching like you know at home on TV and stuff. Right. I "I would love to see this on a big screen. Yeah. Something so weird and big as this. Uh huh you know, so brightly bright colors and everything.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah. It's an intense film.
0: Yeah, And so the, the plot is pretty, Oh, but let's talk, let's talk about King Kong okay. the way he looks. He looks weird. He yeah. looks weird in this movie. He looks grubby and like kind of,
1: yeah, he looks sticky. like, he looks like an, an like an orangutan with a yeah. orange or something. Yeah. And I, and I, and he's, I mean, he's, more or less, you know, benevolent goofball. Yes. Um, and you have to wonder, because the film, to a degree, I think, um, uh, given, you know, you had this American icon and this Japanese icon, were uh, was an effort to kind of show the uh, kind of warming relationship between Japan and, uh, yeah. and America after the war. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's also interesting that they would make the American icon just, this, <laughs> you know, just this goof, uh, yeah. just this drunken goof stumbling, stumbling around, um,
0: yeah. addicted to berries. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, so the, yeah, it's like, it, and the plot is crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, like it's at least the, the Japanese version Seems a little bit more, a little bit smarter, I guess, he, with the America.
1: <laughs> yeah, when you get these, when you get these cutaways to this, yeah. to this, uh, you know, this American paleontologist explaining things uh, to the audience, it's like, uh, where, you know, did you read this in a paper someplace in a, <laughs> in a journal? Because he, yeah. he's apparently never seen. Um, well, one interesting thing is that you know, in the uh, at the beginning of the film, there are helicopter pilots out searching for uh, the survivors of a sunken uh, submarine. Yeah. Um, when they encounter Godzilla punching his way out of an iceberg, <laughs> yeah, um, and that's another thing. I mean, we we hear about global warming going on. You know, in 1962, yeah. the current you know the ice caps are melting. But yeah. anyway, they see Godzilla punch his way out of the, uh, out of the iceberg and they know immediately who and what it is. And yes. that, and that had not been the case in, in the earlier two films. So, yeah. I mean, he, it was like they, this was the film that established him as this eternal, uh, Japanese icon, Um you yeah. uh, know, uh, who was, uh, who would never completely go away. Who would just show yeah. up every couple of years. Um, but uh, you know they immediately know him by name, right? Um, yeah. But uh, but then the but then we cut to the American who says, you know, oh he's he's just a dinosaur, uh, <laughs> going back to Japan because that's his natural home. It's like right. what? <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah. And and he's the and he's also the same paleontologist who says when when King Kong appears on the scene. Um, who says? Well, these two are mortal enemies, and they're obviously going to, you know, battle to the death. Well, yes. Wait, <laughs> you've yeah. never seen either of these creatures before, in your life.
0: <laughs> well, so yeah, it's interesting because they just flatly give you the this exposition. Yeah, which is which is at first it's a little annoying, but then there's a point towards the end where they're like, um, Oh yeah, so here's how electricity works with these two monsters, right? And when King Kong is electrified, he gets stronger, but huh? it weakens Godzilla. At first, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then, then about 20 minutes later, you see King Kong get electrified. I'm like, oh yeah, he's getting stronger. Oh yeah, thank you for that information.
1: Yeah. That was That's, that was helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was another thing uh, that that happened in this film. I mean, um, uh, the screenwriters and Honda and uh, the producers took a little bit of poetic license with just with the characters, uh, yeah. themselves in that, you know, Kong was always 50 feet tall and, right. and uh, Godzilla was never less than 165 feet tall. Yeah. So that would have been about the, you know, the, uh, the same kind of fight, uh, Godzilla versus Frankenstein or, or right. King Kong King Kong versus Frankenstein. Um, Uh, But, you know, they they kind of they grew Kong and they shrunk Godzilla. So it would be an equal playing field.
0: Yeah, Um, uh, that was good. And so the discovery of Godzilla, like the story they have of it in the movie is very convoluted. mm -hmm. It's a little bit different in the Japanese version and the American version. But it's basically like so there's this company that is a pharmaceutical company. Yeah. And then they're advertising on some TV show. But the TV show is boring. So they want to get something really exciting for the TV show. So they find out about this island with a monster on it. So they uh-huh. send these kind of two schlubs. Yeah, these
1: two PR flags. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, do you, who do you want to go gather a monster and narcotic berries? Is... <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And so then, then they go out to this mysterious island. They wear like goofy uh, safari suits with shorts and hats. Yeah. And, and they have armbands that say TV. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get out there and then and then yeah then they bring king kong back and 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 i don't know like the i in all of these in a lot of like these giant monster movies like the first impulse with every with everybody who discovers them is like well we're we got to use this for entertainment right we're, we got to put this in front of people and it's going to be a big show we got to put them on tv or something i'm like I don't think that would be my first thought no. at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's,
1: let's rent, let's, you know, let's rent Radio City. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Let's, let's get a lot of, let's get a huge, a uh, huge number of victims, I mean audience. <laughs>
1: around, but, uh, you. you know, but I, one, one interesting thing in, uh, in, in the film. Yeah. Is that I only saw this once before and, uh, and, uh, Uh, W. Lee Wilder's Snow Creature is so this they get back to Japan with all you know, this new narcotic drug, (laughs) yeah, and and which they call Soma, yeah, American (laughs) version, and and uh, and this giant gorilla, yeah. And it's it's, so, this is only the second film I've seen where things stop for a while. Uh, Will you have customs agents? Uh, arguing about <laughs> whether or not you can bring these things into the country.
0: <laughs> that, how, how comedic is the first half supposed to be?
1: Uh, pretty. Uh, I, okay. okay yeah, yeah, no. It's. I mean, the uh, like the stuff, the stuff on the island, the stuff on you know Kong's Kong's island. Is I mean, yeah. we look at it now. Of course, people, the sensitive types, look at it now. I mean, they'd be mortified. Yeah. By, uh, by, by the,
0: hundreds of expert, hundreds of extras in blackface yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it, what
1: it boils down to just you know, acting all y. yeah um, it was great but uh yeah i mean it was it was definitely uh, definitely meant to be uh funny
0: yeah yeah which i think can be a little bit of a impediment for western audiences right because it seems a little bit too too goofy right you know because like the thing of the second half too is that there's the comedy kind of all disappears in the second half.
1: Right. Um, yeah. yeah I, I, you know. I, I once. Uh, I mean. I think. I think. Still. That. Uh, that. Early on. I mean. This was kind of a. I think it was almost kind of a. a, a kind of a test run. Okay. To see. Uh, to see how. Uh, comedy would work in these films um uh, right and uh, with with a character like kong and looking like kong yeah. um i think um it was uh uh they were going to give it a try because it becomes much more of an issue it becomes much more of a factor in yeah. um uh, and some of the films of the 70s right uh, yeah they
0: they get like more and more oriented towards children right? yeah
1: yeah um you know that where they really were um, aiming at the the big audience. You know they were losing yeah. their primary audience, and their audience they discovered was made up of um, young women and kids. Hmm. You know, and eight year olds. So they started aiming the films at them. So um... yeah,
0: and this was probably like the pre- well, this must be like an early. Um... Motion towards that, right? Gaming right. towards kids. Right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, mean, I, I mean, they still took the 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 team. They took the they. I think they took these films very seriously.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and they were making serious films. you know, sometimes it was the American distributors that that you know cut the comedy in, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I
0: think it's definitely the American edit cuts are more comedy. Like the the boss seems a lot more comedic. Right yeah in the american version but do you think that um, like you said before that all of them all the godzilla movies have a meaning so what, what's the meaning in this one or what's the what are they what are they trying to communicate in this I, one? I,
1: <laughs> don't, don't put me on the spot out of
0: I, I i know but it's not, <laughs> no I, but the thing is
1: it's it, it's certainly not as uh as uh stated as forthright as it is in a lot of the others okay. um like like uh you know in uh, the next one godzilla versus mothra we get a lot uh, we get into uh, godzilla versus the thing we get into pollution uh yeah. into uh like kind of the evils of marketing um yeah. here uh. less so there are again, there's a there's a you know there's a little bit about marketing uh
0: yeah
1: uh, uh. And, you know, there's an undercurrent of, uh, of environmental issues, certainly,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, with the ice caps melting um, yeah. and uh, a warmer currents. And, again, strange earthquakes. Um, right. But uh, so, yeah, it was a little understated here, but it's yeah. not, uh, you know, it's still there.
0: Right. And what you said before, which is very interesting about the warming relationship with America. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's very interesting. But kind of like, because uh, America at one point was the greatest threat to Japan. Exactly. You know, and now so you have this, uh, if, if you want to say that King Kong kind of personifies America in this movie, yeah. he's a lovable goofball. So right.
1: You- <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. And I, I mean, I don't know how intentional that was. Right. Um, because later they would make another King Kong film, King Kong Escapes. Yeah. Um, in which he's, you know, much less a goofball. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so here, you know, I kind of think because there are, there are, uh, sly jabs at America and Americans, um, yeah. throughout, um, you know, Toho's monster pictures,
0: yeah.
1: um, you know, beginning in beginning you know, with Gojira, um, yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of what was you know they had to say was uh, was edited out for the Raymond Burr version. They cut like forty minutes of uh, <laughs> stuff. Right. So right. i I tend to believe that you know, King Kong was uh, kind of a sly jab.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this is something that also you mentioned in the book that was very apparent to me watching this movie because in the first in Gojira it's kind of like a rural setting you know like in, you see more like rural japan looks like old world japan yeah. you know you know and then in in this one which is you know uh, i think like eight years after that it's all urban japan yeah and just like seeing like the shots of uh then modern japan was very interesting sure like, yeah, uh-huh. that yeah that was great that was terrific But so where, where does this one rank in, in, in um, Godzilla movies? Well,
1: I mean, it's, it's certainly up there. It's certainly up there near the top. Um, um, and it's, I mean, it certainly made more money, uh, than it made more money than any other Godzilla film. Um, really? Yeah. It was the most, it was the most successful, uh, see Godzilla films were never big money makers. Um, they Toho made all of their money in marketing Godzilla. Yeah. um merchandising Godzilla um yeah, yeah, yeah. but so the movies the movies in a way were kind of like commercials uh <laughs> for uh, coffee mugs and toys but mm. um um but nevertheless uh you know I, that's a, a bad way of looking at them Um uh, <laughs> but uh so uh but it, it, it's certainly beloved it's certainly a beloved film. Right. I mean you aren't gonna you know, I haven't encountered anybody who's, who's has any really harsh bad feelings about mm-hmm. <laughs> about King Kong versus Godzilla um I think yeah, I, I really you it. know it's goofy it's silly yeah um but uh but it's a hell of a lot of fun
0: yeah absolutely and especially once the um once the, the fighting starts yeah it's great yeah uh-huh. it's kind of pure cinema like it was just like there's there's no other movie like this in <laughs> you know
1: I, 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 it does see,
0: you know what I mean oh
1: I know exactly what you mean um I uh, I uh, I know this is this is in the book too I mean I I mean when I was a kid I was I was, I was a, a, a King Kong fanatic yeah. and I had a friend in first grade uh, gary farrell was his name and he was a godzilla fanatic i'd never seen a godzilla film and we didn't yeah. know that this movie existed you know yeah. we were six you know yeah. this 1971 and then we saw that it was going to be uh, you know screened on a, you know on the late show yeah. and this was going to this was going to answer the question you know which who's the better monster you know <laughs> and uh Okay. And so we you, know, we you know Gary stayed over and, and we got all set up in front of the TV and the movie answered nothing <laughs> 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 but but it was amazing because this was my first Godzilla film right um, and uh and you kind of I, shifted loyalties right um, well, I wouldn't I would say i I added a loyalty I'm still okay. as, I'm still as I'm still as nutty but <laughs> still as nutty about Kong as I uh always have been i even sat through fucking kong skull island um,
0: oh yeah because yeah your book your book came out in 2013 and it was kind of now there's more of a renaissance of these right you know, these big monster movies and yeah guess, so you say so i'm guessing you didn't like kong skull island
1: uh no uh, okay see, <laughs> no because I, I and i've seen i've seen so many of the uh of these uh i saw the, the um of this of this recent slew. So yeah. I mean I could go back to ninety eight Godzilla, but I won't. <laughs> um but uh, you know, from uh uh oh what the fuck's his name? Uh, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson's yeah, train yeah. wreck of a yeah, Kong it's such a film.
0: weirdly shitty movie.
1: Yeah, oh. a terrible movie. Well the problem the problem there is that, you know, while well, well originally, you know, the original Kong was was this you know this demigod. You know he was yeah. this uh, mythical figure in Jackson's movie. It's just a big gorilla, yeah. and and that just kills it. But I, yeah. uh, uh, but no, I mean I've I've seen uh, uh, Pacific Rim and Monsters and the first of the uh, uh, new American Godzilla films, yeah, and, yeah, yeah uh, Cloverfield yeah. and stuff. And you know, to be honest, I. Couldn't tell you a thing about them. Yeah, <laughs> they left absolutely yeah. no impression on me whatsoever.
0: Yeah, because there's nothing in those movies. Oh, you know what? Okay, yeah, because you're talking about the colors of right. uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. So, yeah. um, I, I watched um, uh, the the latest Godzilla movie. I think it's called the like, King of the Monsters. Okay, which I did not see. Yeah, to keep stay not seeing it. Uh-huh. It was not good. Uh, but it was because the color was just drained out of it. Ah. They did some kind of weird color correction thing. And so Godzilla comes in, which is very common to like, you know, big budget, movies now right uh-huh. and so Godzilla comes out and he he's not green uh-huh he, he's like ashen he like looks like like a collection of ashes like gray uh-huh and i'm like this is the most famously green well, right thing yeah, in the well, history of cinema cause, cinema cuz
1: that's the thing i mean originally in 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 gojira just as far as the suit goes he was gray mm. oh, okay. but but then i think you know when they decided to make king kong vs. godzilla in color Thought, yeah. we're gonna you know they're they're gonna go crazy with the color yeah you know how however they can and yeah you can't nowadays you can't imagine uh uh Godzilla being anything other than green
0: but it's like they're almost ashamed of what the movie they're making right first of all and secondly there's none of that surreality uh-huh that kind of artful surreality that's that I enjoyed so much in King Kong right that seems to be lost in these new ones
1: uh-huh yeah. um, you know, even toward the end of the, um, uh, the 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 Godzilla films that were coming out of Toho uh, between uh, say 2000 2004 um, yeah. you lost a lot of it there too uh, hmm. because they, those films came to concentrate on um, high-tech military weaponry, right you know, these, these big machines. And yeah. uh, you know, you 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 really lost a lot of the spirit of uh, of the earlier films. You know, in the earlier films, you know, the heroes are scientists and eccentrics and inventors and reporters. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but guys in high patches. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And uh, uh, but then in the later films, it's uh, the, the the focus uh, turns to you know military personnel, and yeah. uh, becomes far less I don't know far less compelling. Yeah, um, but uh so uh, uh so is is raymond burr uh in the in the new one <laughs> i don't know I,
0: you know i was gonna i'm a little surprised at what you said about kong skull island because i thought that was uh i didn't see the whole thing i watched like the first half an hour and now that should be the best of the lot right honestly and if you're so dismissive of that i'm like oh yeah don't watch any more of them at all <laughs> because that one at least had like some some people like you had like people doing stuff right seemed, like right a and little you, you bit... know,
1: and you had John Goodman uh, right yeah uh, which uh, you know was always was which is always a plus but yeah uh, yeah absolutely. Uh, after I don't know it was just uh, I uh, just because of the uh, just because of the eyes. Uh, these days, I just have very little patience oh, for yeah. for just kind of just over the top, nonstop action sequences. Uh, right. Yeah. So they I, they they mean nothing to me. <laughs>
0: yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, All
1: right. Sure well, a I, I, sure loud film. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. For for sure. For sure. All right. Well, Jim, what what have we not said about Godzilla that we should say?
1: Um. Oh oh god, there's uh uh <laughs> there's so much more <laughs> <laughs> right. well, I'm I'll try, I'm try- and, to let you go to that, lunch. Isn't that sad? Um Oh yeah. What now?
0: Oh, I said I'm trying to let you go to lunch. I've been talking <laughs> to you for over well, over an hour and a half okay. 'cause I fucked up the first fifteen minutes.
1: <laughs> well no, it's been a it's been a delight.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And and thank you so much for bearing with me on my most cursed <laughs> podcast yet. <laughs> and I and I and I promise this will this will I think that this will be the high water mark uh-huh. of cursedness. I think that the, I think that we it's gonna be smooth sailing from here on. Absolutely.
1: Out. Can't get much worse. <laughs> All
0: right. Thanks so much,
1: Drew. Okay, take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.